And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me on the phone line with us today is Dr. John Vance. Pastor Vance, it's an honor to have you on with us again. Always, Dan. I'm delighted to be with you and and with with your listeners. We end up uh, recording these uh, plain answers usually quite late in the week. And um, I suppose one of the advantages is that uh, we can talk about some of the most current of the issues a disadvantage is it makes me a little nervous to get it all done. But anyway, <laughs> um, one of the uh, events we just came through and are going through uh, here in America is um, kind of an unprecedented move or motion, I guess they call it, to vacate the speaker's seat of the House. And uh, they were successful. So... Um, I don't know how far you want to go talking about that, but it is on my mind. Um, apparently, at least in my understanding, Mr. McCarthy did not keep his promises. Uh, things like he was going to release the tapes, you know, a whole slew of promises. Um, and then late, we found out he was cutting some secret deals uh, with the other side. He did nothing to shut down the border. We're being invaded at big time. And uh, a big one is the debt. We're going further and further into debt, leaving our children and grandchildren with a with an awful economic mess. I'm not sure we can ever get out of it. Maybe, but um, we are a year and a half. Uh, everything we've got in this society uh, to pay that off. Well, you can't do that. Uh, uh, y- you know that would be like a family that is so much in debt. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, 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 $35 trillion. That's how much we are in debt. Our GDP is only 23 to 24. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's everything that we produce in this whole country year, and that's one-fourth of the entire global economy. It's ridiculous. So we, cannot, we cannot possibly uh, pay this off. The, the, the amount, we, we're paying more than the, we pay the defense of this country yes. in interest every year, much more. Oh, that's true. And, and it's ridiculous. It's our biggest bill. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. And if we care anything about our children and grandchildren and their children, um, we're going to get a hold of ourselves and say, stop stop the spending, you know, unless it's absolutely necessary. And Pastor Vance, I'm of the opinion, uh, shut down a lot of the handouts, Um you know, if you here's an example. <laughs> if you get illegal aliens coming in, and you put them up in New York City in a very expensive hotel, and give them money, and make the path to citizenship easy, and give them voting rights, when they started out as criminals, something is wrong with just that alone. It seems to me. Well, the left, the left wing in this country. Uh, has gone down the road a very far way of denying reality yeah. and denying common sense. And everybody knows that. Everyone knows that, <laughs> except maybe for 10% of, of, the, of this country, which seem to be all concentrated in Washington, D.C. Yes. And a few governors, a few state governorships. And, and this we, we will not survive this unless something drastically happens to stop this. Now, I happen to... To like McCarthy as a person, 
but he is so entrenched in Washington right. with the, the powers that be, the, what they call the Uniparty. There is very little, there is a difference, but there is not as much difference as most people think Correct. between Republicans and Democrats in Washington, D.C. Yep. That, is, that is the honest truth. Uh, they're all making money off of China, so they don't want that upset. Uh, 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 they they all seem to be able to go from uh, their lobbying back into to uh, uh, power structure and, and our government being elected and then going out. It's it's we uh, maybe the only real I did used to be for term limits, but I, I honestly have come to the place <laughs> where it's the only way that I can see to break up this this concentration of power. You know where the richest part of the country is, Washington D.C. Yeah, they're all isn't living that off case. government money and lob- lobbying money. Now they're richer than San Francisco, what used to be Silicon Valley. They're richer than places in Texas and Florida and, and and New York City. The concentration of power and money in this country in Washington D.C. has made them all drunk. They've gotten drunk on power and money. Yes, yes, it's so true. And it's got to be. It's got to be broken up. I love the idea of keeping this option. It's kind of like a nuclear option of uh, being able to vacate the Speaker's chair. I think that's important in terms of accountability. These guys shouldn't just think, oh, once I'm in, I'm in. I can do any old thing I want. No. No, you always have the threat hanging over your head that your chair can be vacated. I think that's a healthy thing for our republic. Well, it's called accountability, and I was a pastor for 40 years, and I can tell you that my presbytery and my session would not tolerate from me uh, any kind of, of, of abuse of people and power yes. and so forth. And and we all have to have some way to be accountable, and that is important. And in D.C., it appears to be that very few people are actually uh, accountable. It is it is drunk on power, and, and to have power is, is, is to become rich. You know, in third world countries, uh, uh, this is the way it operates. Let, let's say, take a country in 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 Asia or Africa or somewhere. People uh, in those countries uh, try to get power to become rich, and they do. Yeah. Now, it used to be in this country, uh, uh, people got rich, and then they ran for office. But today, uh, we're acting like a third world country. The dynamic has changed. People are actually going to Washington and becoming rich. How does a how does a person? Uh, on on a Senate salary, which I think is in the neighborhood. Don't get me wrong; I I don't know it exactly. One hundred and seventy four thousand dollars a year. Yeah, something. How like that. do you come away with fifteen and twenty million dollars? And in the case of Nancy <laughs> Pelosi, seventy or eighty million dollars. Oh yeah, somebody's getting Diane paid Weinstein, off. Who just passed away? Diane Weinstein uh, left sixty million dollars to her heirs. Yeah. She did not go to Washington with that. How do you do that on one hundred seventy-four thousand dollars a year? Maybe, <laughs> maybe you could pick stocks like Hillary Clinton did. I don't know. Yeah, well, um, that's one aspect that's been um, very interesting to observe, and um, I'm somewhat optimistic that we're going to get a better Speaker of the House. I hope so. One that can keep his word. There's another aspect, and I, I heard about this. Um, Actually, today I was picking up some news. It has to do with lawfare. 
And yes. um, some people have been adversely affected. I'll just name some names. This, the, the, the list is extremely long. People like Dinesh D'Souza, Steve Bannon, uh, of course, President Trump. And now they want to get his properties it's without a jury, mind you. Um, Tucker Carlson, how he got the boot from Fox. Uh, Project Veritas leader James O'Keefe. Uh, there was a Federal Society head. And it's like, uh, Pastor Vance, it's like they're creating the KGB to go after people. And mind you, this January 6th prisoners, um, as far as I know, they did not receive due process under the law. Uh, whether you agree with them or disagree, that's not the point. How would you like to be locked up in jail and not be able to defend yourself with a lawyer? One of the reasons is we found out that a number of of uh, agents or, or contract agents had infiltrated the crowd. It's true. And they had to test. They had to testify against these people, and in order not to expose them, this is one angle, uh, uh, part of it. In order not to expose these people, and how much the government was actually involved in promoting the riot. And I hate to say that, but but it it, it appears to be you. on its face the case. Uh, they had to had to hold secret court hearings where they would not be exposed, and they testified against these people, even just if they walked in. Yes. Now, uh, we, we, we're going to sound like conspiracy nuts here, but believe me, people better start waking up. I'm the last oh, person yeah. in the world who goes down this road, but it is too obvious. It is yep. too obvious that there is a grab for power. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I hear various theories, and you can identify them. You say, well, that, that one is a conspiracy, and I, I don't bite on those things. But um, when you go to source documents and you start seeing this stuff, then you say, okay, there may be something to this. Um, somebody mentioned— now, I, I would not excuse, by the way, those who actually were militant and went in and, 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 and truly riot. But most correct, of them correct. Many of these people did not. And there was one lady— unarmed, uh, proudly served our military, who was shot through the glass, and and she died. And, you know, how is that just? And the man who did it, he got off scot-free. And got promoted. Imagine that. He got promoted. So, may God have mercy. Now, there is a a feeling among a, a number of people that a sort of great awakening is coming whether that be political, hopefully it's spiritual, through the Lord Jesus Christ, and he opens the eyes, kind of like happened with Saul, and he became the Apostle Paul. Here he was persecuting the Christians, seeing the, overseeing their death, like he did with Stephen, and a, a, a great awakening has a profound effect not only on the spiritual status of the one whom God is awakening, but also it flows out to their family, uh, their church, their their town, into culture. Um, I pray that we have a great awakening. I have read a good bit uh, of uh, some books, old old books in the 19th century, and uh, one of them is the study of the Popular Mind by Gustave Le Bon, a Frenchman who, who published this in 18, let's see, what was it, 18, maybe 95, somewhere in there, and even one earlier uh, called The Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds by Charles uh, Mackay, or Mackay, 
uh, Scotsman uh, in the 19th century as well. And McKay is quite interesting. He's talking about business delusions and stuff like that. But he says about one-third of any society is, is, is prone to delusions. Yes. About one-third is rooted in reality, and about one-third is in the middle that can be swayed. Uh, and that seems to be the breakdown that we have here. We have at least a third of this society that's not buying everything anymore. Yes. But we have one-third of the society that is, is delusional. And we have one-third of the society that it's in the middle, and, and they just can't, simply cannot figure out what's going on. Uh, they can't uh, fight through the par- propaganda. Yeah. Well, I think a Great Awakening will reverse those, uh, those numbers. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we've seen it happen in the past, you know, in America. The first Great Awakening, well, actually, we had a Great Awakening back in the Puritan times. There were several what they called harvests. Mm-hmm. And, and and they had awakenings, and then the Great Awakening uh, during a time the latter part of the Pur- Puritans, uh, Jonathan Edwards, which were the yes. last. Uh, that was the Great Awakening. Then we had the Second Great Awakening uh, around eighteen hundred, and when a lot of the denominations uh, were right. born here in America, yeah. uh, we had a Great Awakening under uh, uh, Dwight L. Moody and and others at the end of the. 19th century uh, uh, during the industrialization and many people think that the, the, the immigrants that came here legally were able to be integrated into society due to those great revivals that were held during yes. that time yes. so I, I, I can see we could have another praise <laughs> god we, we probably I had hope one so. in the in the, in the 50s and 60s a mi- minor one among some of the jesus people quote sure but but we need one uh, certainly now to open people's eyes spiritually. This is a spiritual battle as much as anything else. It very, very much is. And some of the stuff you come across, uh, not even trying to look for it, uh, is clearly, clearly satanic, um, where, where people are giving in to Satan and Satanism and his practices. It's, uh, it's, it's a strong delusion, that's for sure. And uh, today we're talking with Dr. John Vance, uh, he was the former pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern, New York, now living in West Virginia. He's also a board member here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Uh, we often go to him for advice and participation on these programs from time to time. Uh, pastor Vance, we've talked about the essentially the political weaponization of the justice system uh, using lawfare. It's like the next phase of a cultural revolution, and uh, it's driving us right into third worldism. And you know, I I don't think the people who who are doing this realize that this can easily be turned right around and used against them. Some of the people that are persecuting others, um, they're next in line to be targets. And I'm talking about if the system gets fully implemented, nobody's safe. That's true. That's true. Uh, And there are many people feel uneasy today uh, living uh, in our, uh, particularly our big cities due to crime and everything, but also... Uh, due to we got awakening uh, to some extent, our eyes opened during the, the, the pandemic. Right, uh, sh- shutting down uh, churches and schools and leaving open uh, uh, broad swaths of society for protests. And, and and interesting enough, they left many of the bars open and things yes. like that. But they shut churches down. Isn't that interesting? Oh yeah, uh, churches were shut down. 
It's uh, it's and, sadly and, so yeah. interesting. So we begin to get uh, an inkling of what is going on here. Of course, the, pa- the pandemic was terribly exaggerated. This is maybe the biggest health scandal in the history of the world, and we have not yet uh, had all the things to shake out as to what actually happened here. You know what I get? We now, we now know. We now know that anyone who died in the United States with COVID was counted as a COVID death. Yes. So the count was way over. Uh, uh, it, it probably was closer to being a, a, a flu than it ever was a something like Ebola, and yeah. it was treated like it was Ebola. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a huge subject in and of itself. What what has blessed me as I've considered it is that some people who used to be our, I don't know what you want to call it, political enemies or whatever, have caught on to the fact that a lot of this was a scam and was driven by big pharma, and they were more interested in their profits than they were the safety of the people. And uh, I like it when those folks um, kind of get together with those of us who I think are seeing the truth, and we well, can kind of realignment. It realignment yeah, taking place. There is no question about it. And so, anyway, we're talking with Dr. John Vance today, and um, let's uh, talk a little bit more about. Well, anyway, what do you want to talk about? Anything come to your mind, well, I, Pastor I Vance? Think, I think you said you were optimistic. So am I. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm never not optimistic right. about uh, things because of God's presence in our world. He never leaves us or forsaken. Amen. He goes with us to the end of the world. So I'm always confident that where God is, uh, there is always redemption and grace. And uh, I, I do see that. But I, I think we have to regain our understanding of the importance of the family. I'm talking about the kind of family that you see established in creation, yeah. uh, where there is a, a, a true identity of mother and father. See, that's part of the legal stuff, too, that we've had for you. That's right. Us. But um, uh, a mother and a father with children, and to, and to focus on children, uh, not in a way that some uh, people do who use children as an excuse for everything, and then uh, they're the biggest ones for their destruction yes. uh, in the womb and so forth. But I'm talking about uh, uh, training our children to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Uh, first of all, we're not having enough children, not even Christian parents. Correct. Like people who are, reli- or who are religious, quote, do have more children. Uh, but we need to have more children, and to focus on that, it's a good thing. I rejoice uh, over the years. I, I, there was nothing I loved more than to see... Uh, children born into our church uh, who were covenant children. Oh, yeah. We could claim, claim God's promise for them as we do for ourselves and and so forth. So uh, we need to have more children. Even Le- Elon Musk said this, uh, whatever you think of Elon Musk. <laughs> and I have uh, both positive and sometimes negative things. Either, sure. Uh, but mainly positive about him. Yep. Uh, and I think it's because he was, uh, uh, somewhat influenced by Christianity. He went to Sunday school as a kid in the Anglican Church in, in South Africa. Mm. So I think he's been influenced by Christianity. But anyway, he says that that uh, our industries, and he should know, cannot survive without us having more children. Our civilization cannot survive, he says. Yes. He has eight children himself, so he's done his part. <laughs> wow. So, uh, uh, children are a heritage of the Lord, Psalm 127 says. Children are a heritage from the Lord. 
<laughs> I can remember preaching from uh, Esau and uh, and Jacob, and finally when Esau caught up with Jacob, uh, he, he, he Jacob thought he was going to kill him and everything that he had and so forth, you know, that day of reckoning that they yes. had. And Esau rides up, and he looks, the, the Scripture says, I remember preaching uh, on this text several times, he looked up and saw the women and children, and he said simply to his brother, uh, Jacob, who are these? And Jacob answered, they are the children God has graciously given your servant. <laughs> that is a wonderful statement. Uh, God has gracious, have we lost the sense of God's graciousness in giving us children? Yeah. Uh, we we need to focus on that again and and realize that children are a heritage of the Lord. We're even taught to train them uh, up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Uh, uh, we, Jesus says, don't despise the little children, let them come to me. Amen. Uh, we, we have to once again learn to transmit or to to, to relay or to pass on our faith uh, to th- the ones that we influence the most, our children. Uh, and I say that because I've had some incidents in my own extended family of some of the great-grandchildren and grandchildren departing from the faith. Mm, and yes. it's, it's very painful, and it has to be a diligent duty upon parents and grandparents to do this. Yeah. It's a blessing to me when our grandchildren come over. It's not always easy, but it's a blessing to see them sitting there on the couch with Deb uh, at their particular age and Deb reading to them very good material. And they are absolutely thrilled to pay attention and hear what Grandma has to say as she reads good books to them. And uh, it's just, it's a tremendous blessing. Well, uh, one of my favorite uh, passages in all of the Bible is in Psalm 145. Maybe you know that. Uh, But in Psalm 145, you have a a great passage here uh, of of passing on the faith to children. Mm -hmm. And in verse 4, let me read this. I I marked this down. I knew we were going to probably get on this. (laughs) It says, One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty act. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. That is uh, a duty as much as worship, and it is creating worship. That is, you pass on yes. uh, who, who God is so that we all might worship and praise his holy name, as you see it over and over in the book of Revelation, where... They're gathered around the throne praising God. And and we we live in a time when people are searching for meaning, uh, often in themselves, which they'll never find mm. meaning, just turning inward. But uh, the meaning actually comes from the outside in, in, through God's revelation, gracious revelation in Jesus Christ. And he came into the world to seek and to save the lost. And when we turn our children to them, we are creating a gracious benefit for our children that is, is not possible in any other endeavor in this world. Amen. We need to remember Jesus' uh, parable, you can gain the whole world and lose your own soul. Yes. There's one more parable that came to my mind as we were thinking about these subjects today, and that was the, the leaven in the loaf 
in this sense, it's a, it's a good picture of leaven. It affects the entire loaf. That little bit of yeast that we put in affects the entire loaf. And that's a wonderful picture of the growth of the kingdom of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, as we depart here today, uh, we're almost out of time. That's another illustration I'd like to have before our minds, that that God wants to grow his kingdom, and he can use you, he will use you, dear listener, as as we are obedient to him. Well, Pastor Advance, uh, final word. Well, that's a good point. Uh, these children, too, when, when uh, many of them, <laughs> and they are, there's some very good people in Washington, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. There's some very good people, there, and a lot of Christians. Mm-hmm. And it's leaven for our society as well. Yes, uh, to have these people to be salt and light in the earth. And if, if you want to pray strongly out there, not only for your family and your church and your country, but pray that God will raise up moral Christian, uh, at least moral leadership. Yes, that's been influenced by Christianity, but Christian leaders who will uh, go to Washington and give an honest day's work without uh, trying to gain power and prestige. Uh, Senator Grassley is a model. Mm -hmm. He's a very humble, I think, Baptist uh, person. Uh, And they they, they revealed his wealth the other day, and he has about uh, $400,000 or (laughs) $500,000. He's been married to his wife all these years. Now, that sounds about reason, you know, maybe a million. You've been there over that long. I don't know exactly what the figure was, but he's been married to his wife all this time. He goes to church. He exercises. He's never fleeced the society. Now, I'm sure there are many politicians that have done that, but I just happen to know his name. Yeah. And I would pray that, that you would see that you're, raising your children in the Lord has benefit not only for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and your family, but also for society. Mm, Amen. Our guest today has been Dr. John Vance, and uh, Pastor Vance is a dear friend and a a board member here at Redeemer. And Pastor Vance, may God bless you and your wife and extended family, and uh, thanks for joining us today. Well, I'm happy to do so, and blessings to all. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. to hear what you would say word of God speak would you pour down like rain washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know that you're in this place please let me stay God speak